Okay. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and I'm flying solo tonight. Uh, my typical Monday guest, uh, Jason Cameron, is under the weather tonight. Uh, we are going to try to do a podcast tomorrow night together. Uh, hopefully, he'll be feeling better by then. Um, I had a day of sickness uh, a bit yesterday, but feeling great today. And uh, Gung Ho to do a podcast tonight, but uh, Jason had to bow out. So um, yeah, I guess I'll uh, I'll do a short one. I just wanted to come in and um, yeah, talk about the weekend of sports like usual. Uh, fun weekend. There wasn't a huge amount of stuff on with the NFL now finally done. It's kind of crazy. Um, NBA, usually there's a ton of games to talk about and go over and, and get ready for. But um, Thursday was the last game of the regular season for the All-Star break. We had the All-Star festivities, which were pretty fun still and uh, kind of cool. I might go over it a little bit here. And then uh, UFC uh, Fight Night 219, Vegas 69. Um, not the best, most stacked card, but ended up uh, being pretty good card all in all. And I was I was pretty impressed with a lot of performances. Uh, we had the uh, beginning of XFL 3.0. Uh, they have not had an official game since 2020, had to take a hiatus over the COVID outbreak and pandemic, and uh, now they're back. I actually uh, watched uh, a little bit of it and uh, was pretty impressed with some of the stuff I saw. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to sustain it and keep it going. Uh, they definitely have not um, over those first few seasons, but uh uh, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good beginning, and um, yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, coming to you on a holiday Monday. This is Family Day in Canada. I uh, love that that's a holiday. Uh, family is super important to uh, almost everybody on the planet, and uh, yeah, it's good to have a day where you can spend some time with the family and celebrate it. Um, Jason was with his family on the weekend. I um, yeah, my local family. I guess I was here celebrating some uh, some time off and uh, had a had a nice weekend and uh down south our american viewers and watchers and loyal uh, subscribers and everybody is um president's day so um yeah i'm not sure uh, i don't know i don't know much about that holiday i guess celebrating the 45 guys that have uh, run the country there over their history and um yeah i guess uh, a nice excuse for a, a day off and uh, a nice long weekend so um yeah as i mentioned uh all-star festivities festivities this weekend um kind of fun uh, the um uh, the slam dunk competition kind of was the one that seemed to um get the most headlines seemed to garner the uh, the biggest talk over the weekend, um, the young guy, Mac McClung, a guy that's only played two NBA games coming into the season, hasn't cracked the NBA roster quite yet until he just got a, a recent call up to Philly on a 10-day contract out of the G League. Um, he's included, thankfully, into the NBA dunk contest, and he wins it. Uh, gets a couple of 50-point scores uh, on some of his uh, really good dunks. Um, I thought it was great, uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's something that's maybe going the way of the dodo bird, uh, old reference there, a, 
a thing that we're seeing better dunks online with um, YouTubers, um, basketball aficionados that practice day in, day out to try to get clicks, uh, views on online. And uh, we're seeing fantastic dunks. Um, they're including like four N- NBA players, a uh, couple rounds and uh, expecting them to do great. Um, I don't enjoy when an NBA player gets uh, shot after shot after shot after shot um, when he blows dunks. Uh, I think that's wrong and it's and it's just, you know, not the way it should be. Um, I think that um, you got you get a shot, you miss it. Oh, well, uh, on to the next. Maybe they get uh, more than the two shots at it. So, you know, if they blow one or two dunks, they're uh, they're still possibly in it. Uh, maybe you get the top scores out of four dunks or or something like that. But um, talking to others, um, you know, I have a recommendation that the NBA includes guys like YouTubers, includes maybe college guys, high school kids. Um, maybe we have a couple of competitions in the college ranks, a co- competition in high school, maybe some YouTubers get in a park in New York, L.A., somewhere and uh, show off their skills and the guys that win those competitions get to compete against some NBA players. Uh, it might just inject some enthusiasm and more fun into the, into the competition. And uh, it might be amazing. Uh, imagine being a high school kid and all of a sudden getting to uh, get on the floor in front of a sold out audience at the all-star game and getting to compete against some of your heroes. Some of the guys that are already in the league. And um, yeah, I don't know. i uh, Mac McClung is really not an NBA or yet, but uh, won the competition and did so, um, you know, spectacularly. Six foot two. Uh, some of the dunks were really impressive, but I have seen better in uh, other things online, other places. Um, it's going to be hard to keep one upping, one upping, one upping, I think, for NBA players um, who are more focused on their overall game, not just dunk spectacular um, moves and stuff. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I think my favorite part of the whole entire weekend was the honoring of LeBron James and getting him recognized for becoming the all-time scoring leader in NBA history, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and um, yeah, just uh, setting, uh, starting to set a, a new standard. And, and um, they they brought him out. They brought Kareem out, which was amazing. And then they brought number three out. Um, Carl the Mailman Malone, the hometown guy from Utah where the game was played, all three of them were there. And most sports, uh, you know, can't do that. Uh, those guys have long since passed away or are just not there. So you've got the uh, top three scorers of all time on stage. Great to see. Um, I'm okay with Carl Malone now. We had some problems back in the day, and um, yeah, I, you know, I held a bit of a um, maybe a little bit of a grudge. I don't know what to call it. Um, I just was really frustrated with Carl Malone and the way he dealt with me and the media uh, over the years. And him and I had, um, unfortunately, a big blow up, a fight where I ended up getting kicked out of the locker room. And um, yeah, I, I I always just sort of um, wasn't a fan uh, of him. But, um, you know, his on the court stuff, you know, unbelievable. Incredible career. Uh, him and John Stockton were those, you know, uh, Utah Jazz legends that 
really put them on the map for many, many years. And uh, he had a phenomenal career and uh, good to see him recognized. So that was that was awesome. That was a really good tribute and great, great to see the NBA stepping up and recognizing uh, such a massive accomplishment and being able to have the top three guys there. Uh, nice, nice photo, nice picture for many people to have. Um, also, the uh, three point uh, contest was great. Usually is really, really good because you just start to see these sharp shooters and the, the guys that are just super proficient at that. Uh, Steph Curry just, you know, coming out there, winning it. Uh, Clay Thompson getting the victory last year, getting revenge. Um, getting to see uh, Damian Lillard this time. I, I just can't believe how amazing he is at three-point sh- shots. Um, you know, I think there's three guys lo- uh, right now currently in the NBA that are just uh, guys that I just have to watch shoot the three-pointer, and it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Damian Lillard. But Lillard can shoot it from so far distance. But, um, yeah, he was the winner. Uh, really good uh, performance by Tyrese Halliburton. Um, 31 points in the qualifying round and really was um, the, the star of that opening round. Uh, ended up finishing second place and uh, Tyrese is becoming a really uh, amazing player. Um, that trade f- from Sacramento to Indiana, uh, you know, I thought, wow, uh, tough to get rid of Tyrese Halliburton. Great to get Sabonis, but uh, tough to get rid of such a young Amazing guy, and uh, he's proving that he is a phenomenal player. Uh, Damian Lillard has uh, got the uh, three-point winning shot in the actual um, All-Star game. Uh, it was uh, finally Team Giannis beating Team LeBron. LeBron was 5-0 and as a captain going into this one. Um, both Giannis and LeBron uh, were injured. Uh, Giannis took the court for uh, maybe 10, 15 seconds, got it done fouled and immediately left the game because of his sprained wrist in the game right before the all-star break and um yeah it was taped up i didn't want to injure himself any further so uh opted out of the game immediately uh lebron played a little bit more i think he played about 14 minutes uh but he injured his finger as he went up to block a shot his finger ended up catching up in into the net a little bit and hit the rim, and I I think it was maybe the pinky or or uh, the ring finger, and uh, it uh, seemed to sprain. Get it? It got sprained, I guess, and um, he ha- had to opt out. Uh, hopefully, it's not more serious. He might have to miss some games with the Lakers, which would be pretty bad. Um, there, uh, let's see. I'm gonna look quickly and see when their next scheduled game is. Uh, games aren't until this Thursday. Oh, yeah, they play the Warriors on Thursday. Uh, we'll see if LeBron can heal up uh, before that happens. But um, the game was pretty horrible, pretty awful to watch. Uh, I hate basketball when there's no defense, and uh, this game really didn't have any. Um, the only defense we really did see was when uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, teammates on the Celtics, were uh, mano a mano on the court. The other players just went to the other side of the court and let them do their one-on-one. Lots of dribbling, lots of jukes and moves, and uh, tried to get open to, you know, shoot some long-distance shots. Um, I couldn't believe Jalen Brown would say the, uh, give the no uh, too short uh, symbol once he shot over Tatum. 
Uh, Tatum gave it back to him later. Tatum had one dribble that uh, he couldn't control and went out of bounds. And uh, immediately uh, when he came back down the other end of the court, he launched a three and hit it. Um, two of the you know best players in the league, best team in the league this year. Uh, fun to see them actually battle against each other and, and have some fun with it. And Tatum was the, the start of the game, getting 55 points. Uh, amazing performance. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he got the MVP with uh, with that, 55. Um, because there are so many talented players, so many guys get minutes, uh, a guy like uh, Tatum didn't play as much as he would really in a regular season game. So 55 is quite the feat. And uh, he was able to get it. Uh, the Kobe Bryant MVP trophy, pretty phenomenal. Uh, he set a record for this game too. The uh, youngest Celtics player to ever get his fourth all-star game appearance, which is absolutely phenomenal because Boston's, um, you know, one of those top two franchises that have had, you know, so many amazing, amazing talents and superstars and players that would have made the, the all-star game over the years. So uh, way to go, Jason. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's a superstar, obviously with, you know, Boston, uh, being the best team in the league, um, looking, you know, absolutely amazing the last few seasons with him and Brown finally figuring it out together. And um, yeah, that was, um, that was, that was great. Um, a couple other moments uh, on the weekend that I loved uh, seeing Jose Alvarado win the MVP uh, for the rising stars uh, challenge. Um, that was great. Uh, the only guy included that was not drafted uh, he has just been determined and continues on with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, it was great to see him. He called his shot. He walked over to Donovan Mitchell and said, hey, I'll bet you that I uh, will score the game-winning shot. Somebody gives it to me. I'm going to nail the last three-pointer. If if I do, you buy me a dinner. He got it. Uh, he was, um, yeah, definitely really confident. And um, I love his, uh, I kind of love his nickname, Grand Theft. Alvarado, because uh, he's so good at stealing the ball and has had a phenomenal year. I think uh, 38, 39 points was his um, team or his season high, career high. And um, yeah, he's another one of those uh, young Pelican players to, to really watch out for. Uh, I love uh, that he brought his daughter on and, and celebrated a lot with her. And uh, yeah, he's, a, he's one of those guys that you know, we should uh, keep our eyes on and, and watch him a lot. Uh, I also loved the celebrity game in certain spurts. I don't know if I, uh, a lot of those people could be called celebrities really locally. Um, you know, that's maybe a mean thing to say, but um, um, the one, the one guy that really stood out and he got MVP was DK Metcalf. Um, yeah. What an incredible athlete for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know, the size, the speed, uh, the absolute amazing hands he has. Um, I guess, you know, he he's played the game. I don't know too much about his uh, basketball playing career, but um, he looked great. Got 20 points, 10 rebounds, four blocks. And um, yeah, he was a dominant player. Uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty beautiful. Thanks, Crystal basketball trophy that he got handed to him. And um it was uh it was kind of competitive and fun and neat uh, the way they had it um it was uh the two um two main owners that uh, we know about for the Utah Jazz Ryan Smith 
and uh, Dwayne Wade were opposing coaches. Um, at the end of that game, too, uh, the wrestler, the Miz, uh, he hit a half-court shot that would have tied the game, and uh, it was released just milliseconds after the, uh, the the time had run out. The red light goes on around the backboard, and uh, you saw it still on the tips of his fingers. Uh, it was amazing. It was um, 81-78 win for Team Ryan Smith, but it would have been, uh, yeah, I guess some overtime. I don't know what, <laughs> what kind of uh, rules or whatever they had for that, but it was um that was actually fun um yeah there was not the biggest biggest celebrities there but uh some of the ones that were included were were fun and, and played pretty good so um i the only thing that i can say really negative about the weekend is uh, i'm not a fan of utah i never have been and i probably never will be i don't really um like that city too too much and um, yeah, I, I wish that, uh, yeah, it'll be another 30, 40 years before they get it. Um, <laughs> I got a lot of reasons why I won't go into them at this time. Maybe, maybe tomorrow night when I, when I have a talk with Jason, but, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of Utah, but, um, and the other thing was the skills challenge. Oh, that was, that was pretty bad. They really, um, were having a horrifically bad shooting display. I don't know why, but uh, nobody could sink a bucket. Um, there was uh, weird challenges, passing and a relay. And I don't know. They keep messing that thing up. Uh, they they got to get to a they got to get to a better format and just stick to it, not keep changing it every year. It was confusing. Um, started watching and seeing the rules put up and like thinking to myself, uh, do I know what's going on? Did they? They didn't give me enough time to know exactly all the rules. And uh it it yeah, it was weak. It was not good at all. Um yeah, they they gotta <laughs> they gotta just scrap it or or you know get a better format and everybody knows what's going on and more fun, easier to cheer for. But um really, you know, all in all, pretty good. I hope they can figure out how to bring some defense into the all-star game because Basketball without defense isn't that fun to watch. Uh, I know the demographic isn't me, and and you know I'm not the target audience that they're going for. They're trying to go for young people and stuff, and you know it's it is fun sometimes to see some throw you know bounces off the backboard and some great dunks and things, and obviously you know good three point shots. But man, there was just so many uncontested dunks and layups and. And uh, yeah, it's it it really isn't true basketball. It's not even kind of like playground basketball because people are are you know trying to stop you uh, as you're going for the hoop, but not in this not in this game. And you know, I, I wish there's some way of bringing that back in. Um, Jason mentioned it tonight. Uh, you know, the, the last real All Star game we saw that um, you know really resembled the game seemed to be the. Michael Jordan days when Kobe was there and it was, you know, really competitive and they really wanted to outdo each other, but not anymore. And uh, I don't know. Let's, let's hope they change it. Let's hope they figure it out. Cause uh, it's, it's, it's weak the way it is. That's for sure. Um, I do want to mention uh, before we get in the UFC, I want to talk about the UFC briefly, but the XFL uh, launched this weekend 
And um, I was pretty impressed. Uh, there was actually, uh, you know, some competitive games, uh, some games that, um, you know, I thought that were not bad. Uh, there was a few NFL, former NFL players playing uh, some, you know, kind of high profile coaches. And, and um, yeah, it, it was all right. Uh, the thing that I liked the most was the game I saw uh, yesterday and I was watching it and it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't a classic game going down the stretch, but all of a sudden, um, St. Louis against San Antonio and St. Louis was down. They scored a late touchdown to, um, uh, you know, get get in into the mix to to possibly get a win. Uh, then they got a chance to go for a three point convert. So um, I don't think there's any uh, kicks after a touchdown. You convert. Um, with a one-point convert from about the two-yard line, a two-point convert from maybe the five, and a three-point convert from the ten. And uh, so they went for it and got the three-point convert. So they were able to get nine points. I believe it was 15 to nine at that time. And then this is a great thing. I've always really, really, really loved the NFL, but there's some rules that I just hate. And the one uh, rule that's always been bugged bug me about the NFL is that uh, 45 seconds get to go off the clock uh, after every play that's in bounds. And um, it's just, it does not lend to a lot of great competitive finishes to the NFL. I can't believe how many times we see a game end on a kneel down, the worst play in sports. There's nothing worse in sports than the kneel down to finish off a game instead of something exciting. And if a team gets the ball within with about three minutes left, all they got to do is get one first down and they win the game. If, if a team has unfortunately had maybe a one or two timeouts earlier in the game to make their, you know, their play call work, then they're even worse off. They, you know, it can be four minutes, five minutes. And uh, you know, that the, the thing can just go down and down and down. Uh, one first down wins a game and then they kneel down for three or four, two or three times and it's, and it's over. Well, XFL came up with this brilliant plan. So most NFL teams, if they score uh, a late touchdown and they need to get the ball back to try to score a game, they go for the onside kick and it never works. Like almost never works. Like maybe 5% of the time, something ridiculous that, the stats are just horrible. It doesn't work. Well, you can do that in the XFL. You can go for the onside kick, kick it at the normal place, and, and try to convert it. Or one time in the fourth quarter, you can elect to take the ball at fourth and 15 from the 25-yard line, and you can try to convert and – Use the clock, how much time's left on the clock, and march down and try to get that score to tie, to win, whatever. So San Antonio and St. Louis are, are in this battle. St. Louis decides, yes, I'm going to um, go for the fourth and 15. Uh, their quarterback, uh, A.J. McCarron, fades back, finds the receiver pole on the sideline right by the first down marker. Uh, gets 16 yards, gets the first down. They march it down, uh, end up scoring a touchdown and, and winning the game. And uh, it was great. It was great. I 
actually was like, holy cow, that was an exciting finish to a football game. And there is way too often in the NFL where we're uh, just seeing a yawn fest at the end. Um, you know, three, four yards, cloud of dust, three, four yards, cloud of dust, three, four yards, cloud of dust. Oh, first down. Oh, we won the game. Neil, 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 Neil. Uh, why would you not want to adopt some exciting finishes and rules that will be able to employ and get these types of finishes? This was this was great. I don't know anything about the XFL yet. I decided I would really look into it a little bit today and then try to yeah be able to have some things to talk about i'm going to get into it way more with jason and and ask him you know if he'll give it a shot i love that rule i love that the rock's involved uh i worked with the rock before and uh you know i can't say enough great things about the rock and i think he brings a lot to the table for this league and uh, you know i think anything that he's involved in um, you know, I support, and I think a lot of people do as well. Uh, this is a 10-week season. It goes um, until the end of April. The playoffs are the last week of April, and then the XFL final is May the 13th. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll get into more stats and a few more things with Jason tomorrow, probably, and and give you guys, uh, yeah, maybe uh, you know something to follow. For next weekend, there's only eight teams in the league, so they play four games every weekend. Uh, this coming weekend, I guess there's a Thursday game, a Saturday game, and two Sunday games. I believe that's what the schedule is like. So um, give it a shot. Uh, um, yeah, I, I mentioned the names of the teams last week. I'll I'll run them down again tomorrow, and and uh, maybe you can pick a team to uh, to go for. And uh, yeah, I, I I definitely hope I can get down to a game in Seattle. Uh, they've got the Sea Dragons team, and um, yeah, they got a few um, a few guys that uh, you would recognize. Uh, I saw Heinz Ward was the quarterback of San Antonio, former Pittsburgh Steeler great. Uh, Bob Stutes, so Oklahoma, uh, amazing Oklahoma um, Sooners, uh, longtime coach uh, is the coach in this league. Um, I saw. Uh, Josh Gordon there. Um, there a couple of a former NFL quarterbacks uh, are in the league. There's a few guys in the NFL uh, from the NFL that you'll recognize. So, um, yeah, let's see. USFL. I didn't. I didn't enjoy their um, season last year. They kick off uh, April fifteenth uh, this coming year. Um, last year, every single game was in Birmingham. Uh, I don't know how that's gonna work. Uh, you know how that could work for all these. Uh, all these teams, all these guys uh, never had a home game. Uh, the only team that had home games were uh, Birmingham. Not cool. This year, it's not a. I mean, it's not as bad as last year, but there will only be four neutral sites where they hold all the games. Um, New Jersey Generals, okay, that's an old, uh, you know, USFL team. Um, they will be playing all their games in Canton, Ohio. Um, how's it? How are you going to be a New Jersey Generals fan? We never get to see them live. That's that's not great. That's not cool. Um, they will be playing in, as I said, four cities. And only three teams will be playing in the cities they represent. So um, weird. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe the XFL can work. Uh, so many leagues have tried up against the mighty NFL. And even north of the border here, um, our Canadian Football League. 
has struggled and suffered uh, in, you know, trying to compete or, you know, going up head to head sometimes with the NFL. It's, it's not a wise move. And um, yeah, I, I don't know, but uh, you know, NFL's not going, uh, you know, if you're just a football fan, if you're not a fan of hockey, basketball, baseball's not kick, kicked off yet. Uh, maybe, you know, this will give you a football fix. And uh, yeah, I think, I think if they can expand a bit more, get a few more teams, uh, they can get, you know, some sponsorship and some dollars. Um, you know, I was pretty impressed with the crowd I saw there yesterday. And um, yeah, I'll have to look into uh, all the crowds. But um, and I do think they got to get a little bit better on their website and the things that uh, they put out there for stats and stuff. It was very difficult to to find the stats I was looking for today, but. Um, yeah, maybe for tomorrow I'll I'll be able to to find that. And maybe I just have to place a call and and see if I'm looking in the wrong spot. But anyway, um, I don't. Why don't I just briefly talk about the um, the UFC? We had another UFC card from Vegas. Uh, as I mentioned off the top, this was UFC Fight Night 219, Vegas 69. I can't believe 69 events in Vegas out of the apex there. That's insane. Um, I wasn't excited about the main event. Um, late replacement, uh, Talia Santos was injured and she was supposed to be fighting Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield has really just emerged over the past couple of years in the UFC. One of the youngest fighters uh, in the UFC at 23 years of age, uh, 10th ranked and an up and comer really has had some great performances. I loved her performance against Molly Meatball McCann, where she uh, got her into the crucifix and just um, just continued to hammer her until the the, the uh, referee had to stop it. Um, Molly was on quite the rise. Her and Patty Pimblett were, you know, two of those stars that the USC seemed to be wanting to rise up the ranks. And um, yeah, she she did not uh, really look good against uh, Blanchfield. But Blanchfield came in and 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 you know took the victory. I thought Talia Santos was going to be um, you know, a tough opponent for her. And I thought, you know, look out, it might be challenging. But uh, I thought when Talia went out and they replaced her with Jessica Andrade, I thought, oh, man, this is going to be one-sided. This is going to be a a uh, really incredibly tough performance. I thought um, Andrade was a step up from Santos, a former strawweight champion, a a woman that's, uh, you know, incredibly physically imposing and intimidating, very strong. Um, she's won in three different weight classes. Uh, her only losses in at 135 were against um, former champions, uh, people that have, have held the belt before. So, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting big things from uh, Aaron Blanchfield that night. But was I ever wrong? Did she ever prove a lot of people wrong? Uh, amazing performance. Um, she was able to get the takedown, uh, really quickly transitioned uh, to the back, was able to sink in the rear naked choke, having uh, Andrade on her stomach, and uh, was for, um, forced to tap on her. Uh, man, it was textbook, incredible, very amazing performance. And um, yeah, she has called out the winner of uh, the fight in less than two weeks, we've got the um, women's flyweight uh, championship against Valentina Savchenko and Alexa Grasso. Uh, she's called out the winner of that fight. She she wants to fight for the belt. So, um, yeah, I, 
usually a number 10, you know, beating a number three is a huge accomplishment and, you know, deserves to be ranked maybe top five. But, uh, you know, to get that immediate title shot, not sure. But, man, with that performance, uh, she just might have done it. Uh, she gets 50K bonus for it and um, suddenly is just thrown into the spotlight of uh, someone to look for in, in the women's um, women's flyweight division, but also just in the women's game uh, all around. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just was pretty blown away by by it and i think most people too were uh were too uh can't wait to hear jason cameron's comments on it and uh anybody else that's uh, listening and and, and uh, watching here now uh tell me what you thought because um yeah i i'm never usually super jacked up about a women's fight a women's main uh, main event fight um, yeah, uh, there hasn't been a lot of competitive women's fights for me to get too excited about in the last couple of years here. And um, this one, yeah, this one really surprised me and, and was awesome. Um, I don't know if this um, changes much for Andrade. Uh, I think she was um, really clamoring for Weili Zhang, who she lost to uh, not too long back. She wants to really get a shot at her and get the belt there. Uh, we'll see if she um, gets that still. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, yeah, if it this took too much uh, shine off the... Oh, what does it say? Shine off the rose? No, that's not it. Smell off the rose? I don't know. But uh, she... I don't know. She took too far of a step back from this loss. We'll see. She was a late replacement, only, like I think, a week's notice, so... UFC seems to be um, very giving on people that will salvage fights like this, especially a main event, and come in on short notice. Uh, not her typical weight class that she's fighting in uh, these days lately, and um, and she did, and we'll see. Um, yeah, well, I think um, yeah, it, it could shake up this division. You uh, know. I think a lot of people saw fights sort of being matched up with the uh, the top of the division, but all of a sudden number ten comes in, beats number three, and and really has asked for a title shot that she she might get. Um, the light heavyweight co-main event. Uh, I was I was kind of looking forward to this. Um, I like Jordan Wright, uh, Beverly Hills Ninjas. Uh, you know, pretty entertaining. Usually has a smile on his face the entire fight, and looks like he's having uh, the best time of his life out there um i don't know too much about zach pauga but uh i do know that uh, he was an nfl fullback and uh really uh was you know highly touted um coming out of college as a guy that you know had all the, the skills needed for uh, the nfl running game and uh it just didn't work out for him uh he went and um fought in the tough and was a finalist uh, at heavyweight. Uh, he, you know, seemed a bit undersized maybe. And so, you know, now he's fighting at 205 light heavyweight division. But um, he was uh, really good at his um, clinch control, his ground game up against the octagon. Uh, just pressed the fight the whole entire time. Just did not give uh, Jordan Wright any room, any opportunity to get um, his fights off and it was just um back to the cage 
little bit of fighting at distance back to the cage back to the cage just ground out and, and a re really really great fight and um yeah was able to get uh the unanimous decision um the guys that he fights on a regular basis are um Alistair Overeem and uh Curtis Blades so um you know two heavyweights that he has in his corner and his camp and uh you know that should bode well for him moving forward um, two of the best of all time uh Wright is now 0-5 as a UFC dog uh he was an underdog in this fight and um we'll see uh where he turns from here this was uh this was a tough fight and he was overmatched uh, was not able to get off much at all and um a big win for Pauga Pauga so uh who else do I want to talk about um yeah uh Jamel uh Polk's got a really great victory uh his, this was his UFC debut uh this stormtrooper love the nickname uh really was able to come in and beat a, a very tough durable uh, heavyweight in Josh Parisian, um, you know, big boy. He's been in a lot of UFC wars, but um, Jamal was, uh, yeah, was just better. He um, he got a big takedown, um, got the mount, uh, big elbows, uh, was just able to dominate on the ground. And um, uh, the only thing that, uh, yeah, that turned out, really bad for him was that he broke his hand uh, early in the second round, he said, so he couldn't really throw it much anymore. He was having a hard time uh, even doing anything with it. So he um, you know, was trying to get those takedowns so he could just try to dominate. Um, love his camp uh, syndicate MMA really, really good. And um, Parisian didn't uh, come out unscathed either uh, Threw a front kick early on. And immediately looked down, and uh, we didn't find out why until later on that uh, he broke his toes uh, off that kick, and so um, yeah, that might have uh, you know had a, a bit of a a reason for his loss and for his performance. Um, yeah, tough. This is a tough game. Uh, this is no joke. Uh, a lot of guys end up in the hospital after these events, and and um, both guys would have had to go to the hospital to tend to their uh, broken digits and, and hand. They're uh, tough, yeah. So, uh, okay. Uh, this light heavyweight fight that happened before that fight was really unbelievably bad. Um, William Knight, uh, I don't know what the hell happened to you. Uh, your fight was Saturday night. You were fighting a guy, uh, a Polish guy. His name was Marcin Prachnio. I'm not sure why, but um, you just you went into the cage, but you didn't show up. You weren't even there. Like it was, it was like you were a punching bag, a kicking bag, to be more exact. Uh, you took so many kicks to your legs that um, I don't think you're going to be walking well this week. Uh, you are a massive, massive light heavyweight, uh, short and incredibly built. But, man, did you get beat up bad in this fight. Um, Prachnio had the perfect game plan to just completely nullify you. Um, you can't put on performances like this and expect to be in the UFC. I heard that from my dad today, and he's 100% right. Um, we do not want to see a performance that lopsided and that one-sided. Um, you had to change your game plan. 
after that first round, after that second round, after the first minute, after something, you just did not show up. You barely landed any strikes, and you just took a absolute beating. Um, you couldn't land one of those bombs on him. And, um, you know, hey, man, you got to make adjustments. If the guy has a perfect game plan, you got to disrupt it. You got to just rush in. You got to do the, get some takedowns. You got to push him up against the cage like we saw uh, earlier, as I mentioned. Uh, you you got to do something. But you can't, you can't have these type of performances and expect to have the UFC matchmakers want to put you in there anymore because – this was a, a good waste of 15 minutes of my life and a lot of other UFC uh, guys that uh, a lot of fight people that want to see you know competitive fights. This was not one of those. And, um, you know, there'll be a lineup of a thousand guys that would have, you know, tried harder and put more, you know, effort into this. Um, but, you know, I, I think your corner was imploring you to do something different, but you just didn't for some reason. I hope you can explain yourself because this was tough to watch and um, we never want to see that ever again. So uh, back to the drawing board, but uh, Prachnio, hey, props to you. Very good performance. Um, yeah, just uh, 15 minutes uh, using that uh, reach advantage of your legs and just completely nullifying his offense 100% by just kick after kick after kick after kick it was uh, it was great so uh okay this card had two real legends in the sport Jessica Andrash who has a lot of women's records and Jim Miller who has a lot of, of men's records this guy is an absolute legend he fought on uh fight card 100 he fought on fight card 200 and now wants to fight on fight card 300 uh pushing 40 years old this was um fight number what uh 60 or something in his career um let's see no uh, 50 let me see what is that uh yeah 53 um 44 appearances in the oh no 41 appearances in the ufc uh man just on and on and on you could just I could just start talking about all the records that Jim Miller has, and uh, you, you might go to sleep. I might be talking for a while, but um, great to see a guy that's still still competitive. He had, he was on a three fight win streak coming into this one. Uh, really had been looking great. Uh, came against a guy Alexander Hernandez, who um, really just had a little more accurate, crisper shots. Uh, was just winning in that stand-up fight that it became. Um, I think that uh, Miller should have tried for takedowns a little bit more. Uh, I think he would have been able to um, get that fight to the ground and would have had an opportunity to uh, to win this fight. But um, the damage that Hernandez inflicted on Miller was very obvious, and he deserved a... Um, he deserved the unanimous decision. 30-27 across the board should have been. 29-28 uh, on one of the judges' scorecards. Um, you know, that first round was super tight and competitive, but uh, I don't know. I I, I think Hernandez um, was able to, uh, yeah, really look, look great. And, you know, Miller did have a, uh, a, a chance. Um, he was trying to get um, a rear naked choke sunk in, but 
never got it under the chin and uh, Hernandez um, was able to reverse it and uh, win the fight. Um, yeah, Factory X, uh, great camp out of out of Colorado. And um, yeah, I love Hernandez in a lot of ways. Young up-and-comer. Um, he is uh, more of a 145er, so uh, I see him going there and uh, uh, we'll we'll just see um, how that how that works but um yeah love seeing Jim Miller I, I know he's gonna keep fighting and um, having opportunities to um, yeah showcase his skills and and he just keep pushing the records up he was passing they just kept showing all oh, fight time in the octagon he's he's uh, passed into sixth he's passed into fifth he's passed into I uh, fourth or fifth now all time and um yeah just great 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 i love love the legends and and awesome to you know see them continuing uh we've lost way too many in the last couple of years to retirement and old age and uh uh yeah great i'm glad he was included on this card um okay the future fight in the prelims was uh nazim sabakov against uh evan elder and um uh, unfortunately, this was uh this was fight of the night, but both guys got 50k. Um great, great stand-up war. What a what a striking war. This was this was super impressive, and even more impressive that it got fight of the night with a technical knockout, uh, was ended with a really brutal cut over the right eye. Um, doctor stopped it just 38 seconds into the third round, but those first two rounds were were incredible battle. Both guys were um, going toe to toe, and I loved it. Um, really, really glad that um, they looked back and decided that was fight of the night. Uh, impressive. Both of them were seven and one coming into this fight. Uh, Sabakov um, leaves eight and one. Edler, uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I this did not bring it down the notch. Uh, unfortunately, that cut was pretty brutal and. They had to stop. Uh, did I say Edler? Elder, sorry, Elder. Um, I've heard uh, Sadikov um, might be fighting Mahashete next. That would be great. Um, elder possibility, uh, real possibility, Mike Breeden is in his future. Might be, um, yeah, what we see next. Uh, but this was, yeah, by far my favorite fight of the night. And enjoyed it a ton. Uh, okay, we have a women's bantamweight fight uh, early on in the prelims. Um, no, one of the feature fights in the prelims, sorry. And uh, uh, Mora Buenaselva, uh, she came in, uh, gets a, a really amazing, uh, spectacular finish. Once uh, 50K for it. Um, she took the fight to the ground, just controlled her. And then Lansberg sort of briefly seemed to get out of it. And then uh, she was able to, uh, Silva was able to get her leg uh, sink in a knee bar and force the tap from, from Lena. Um, great, great performance from Silva and uh, love watching her fight. She's, she's very talented and very good at what she does. And um, yeah, it gets 50 K for her incredible performance. So uh, what else should I go down the entire card? No, nah, maybe not. Um, I, I do want to, really talk about um a couple of guys i do want to talk about the late heavyweight battle between felipe leans and ovin st Prue. 
Uh, Sam Prue has had a phenomenal career, uh, competed against John Jones for the uh, light heavyweight championship, uh, former really, really talented football player and um, has had a really long and distinguished uh, career. He's had eight bonuses. Um, one, the guy that's got four Von Flu choke wins, I think out of eight in the history of the UFC, uh, been in the UFC for like 10 years and uh, has really had a decorated career. Well, uh, Felipe Linz, uh, he just, he waited very short time. Like he waited about 10, 15 seconds just to get that opening. And he just powered that left hand. Uh, you wouldn't even call it a jab, just a straight left. And boom, he knocked OSP off balance and uh, staggered him a bit towards the cage. And then Lean's just unleashed an assault. He just started throwing everything at him, and it didn't last long. Uh, what was the final uh, tally? Uh, let me see how long. 49 seconds. Yeah, 49 seconds. It was a, just an absolute beatdown. Um, OSP was trying to get away, and he scrambled to his right. And the last final shot leans landed a left and uh, dropped him. And that was it. Uh, the referee jumped in and, and stopped it from getting worse. Um, wow. Um, yeah. Felipe leans. Uh, this was a hell of a performance. Uh, just, just an absolute beat down. And, and uh, yeah, he, he has some uh, great fights in the future after that performance. Everybody would have loved it. I thought he deserved 50K. Should have got it. Not sure why um, why he didn't. But um, AJ Fletcher, birthday boy. It was his birthday on Saturday night. And uh, he gets the big submission win. Uh, really uh, amazing performance. Um, he got the guillotine choke. And, uh, you know... I didn't think he was going to be able to pull it off. Uh, it seemed like he got it in, but it wasn't uh, going to, you know, going to force a tap. Then he seemed to make an adjustment, another one somehow. And all of a sudden, wow, um, he was able to get the tap and um, get that, get that victory. Um, after the fight, he said, Jesus, I needed this so bad. He said, I have a hundred dollars in my bank account. And uh, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. I didn't even know if I'd have enough money to pay all the charges from my hotel room leaving here this weekend. And uh, $100 in his bank account down to that last. Um, yeah, I, I think I would have floated him 50K or not floated him, just would have given him 50K, Dana, if you were around. Uh, you know, I helped this guy out because great performance, birthday. Down to his last hundred bucks in his life, and uh, was able to pull off the win. Hopefully, he got paid well on his show bonus and his win bonus. Uh, well, I'm not sure what that is. Maybe we'll look that up today to see, you know, if he's got enough to tide him over for a really long time, or you know, he's got to get back in the cage uh, right away to make it happen. But um, good to see a guy uh, change his financial situation just like that uh, against a really Tough fighter in uh, Tembo Garimbo. So, uh, fight that kicked off the card. Uh, Clayton Carpenter got a nice uh, submission win. Um, 
Yeah, just great. Uh, he gets the takedown. Uh, well, no, sorry. Wong got the takedown. Uh, Clayton sort of landed in. Um, when they landed on the ground, Clayton was able to um, get him into a triangle choke that uh, looked pretty good at the beginning. But um, the, um, uh, yeah, Juan Cam Camillo was able to uh, shift out of that. And all of a sudden, an armbar presented himself. Um, he couldn't um, get that just because of the way the angle worked. And um, then he was able to uh, reverse that, get up on top, and um, then got the rear naked choke. Uh, once he got to his back, transitioned to his back, once um, he yeah, shifted over and uh, got the rear naked choke, Chris Tognoni had to stop it. And, and a nice way. Uh, he's out of MMA lab in Arizona. Love that camp. Uh, another guy that's, um, yeah, young prospect that uh, should be able to, um, yeah, start moving up the ranks and going. So, yeah, fun card. Loved it. Um, can't wait to talk to Jason about it. Um, yeah, the, I've mentioned it so many times on this podcast that you look at the card on paper and you think, oh, you know, not that great. Um, you know, am I going to dedicate my whole Saturday night to this? Uh, you know, luckily this card was an earlier card, uh, 1 p.m. prelims Pacific, 4 p.m. Uh, main card Pacific. So, you know, this was over by seven o'clock, even a bit sooner than that. And, um, yeah, uh, it was, um, it was good. It was actually really good. So happy that I watched it. Happy. I could break it down for you a little bit and looking forward to Jason's breakdowns tomorrow. I guess I'll probably talk less. So, you know, you can watch this. Watch his breakdowns and see uh, our comparisons too. Uh, we've got a UFC card this coming Saturday. Uh, also early card, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Um, Pacific for the main card. And um, yeah, this is Nikita Krylov against uh, Ryan Superman Span. Um, I lo love this light heavyweight battle. These guys are both... Uh, very skilled. They say styles make fights, and uh, I think th these um, <laughs> the two styles will uh, clash perfectly, and uh, we're going to get a hell of a fight. Uh, the co-main Brendan Allen Allen. Uh, this guy is one of my favorite fighters in the UFC, and uh, always brings it. It's going to be great. Uh, we've got a heavyweight battle: uh, Augusta Sakai against Dante Mays. Um, lots of uh, younger fighters coming in, making their UFC debuts. And a uh, huge prelim card. Uh, what do we got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven fights on the prelim card. Hopefully no, the, none of the fights fall off. Um, it's been happening uh, too much lately. There was a couple of cancel fights on this past card, but um, uh, we're less than two weeks away from the return of John Jones. And he gets, and he's finally fighting at heavyweight. Much rumored, much talked about, much anticipated. Finally, he's going for the belt. Against Cyril Gone. Um, John Jones is back. Oh, God, I keep my fingers crossed that nothing happens to derail this fight. Uh, John Jones, one of the greatest fighters in UFC history, one of the most athletic. Uh, two of his brothers, uh, NFL players. Uh, you, you probably know if you're an MMA fan uh, about John Jones and all the great things about him, but um, this is finally happening. After Francis Ngannou couldn't come to an agreement with the UFC on a contract. Uh, they they walked away, and uh, he's free agent uh, pursuing boxing right now. 
um, that this will be the heavyweight champion of the world uh, in less than two weeks. So can't wait. Uh, another fighter, another fight on that card that I mentioned a little earlier. It's a women's flyweight fight. Uh, the belt is on the line between the champion Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso. Uh, I think a great fight in the works there. Uh, we've got Bo Nickel coming in, uh, the highly touted guy out of the um, out of the Contender Series, and uh, really exciting, to, excited to see him. Uh, lots of good fights um, coming on the prelims as well. Uh, we get to see former champion uh, in bantamweight, Cordy Garbrandt against Trevin Jones. Derek Brunson um, is on the card. Julian Marquez. Um, yeah, Cody Garbrandt was supposed to fight Julio Arce, but now he's fighting Trevin Jones, and I think that's just as good of an opponent. Uh, Jessica Pane on the card. Tons of um, tons of great fights. Uh uh, Dan Hooker and um, Jalen Turner was supposed to fight, but uh, that has been canceled. Um, we'll see yeah, if everything comes together, but uh, I'm looking forward to Bo Nickel and Jamie Pickett on the main card. Jeff Neal's fighting. Um, yeah, awesome card coming. Lots of great things to talk about. Uh, UFC 288 coming up in May, May 6th. Um, Aldo Cejudo, the return of Cejudo after about three years away. Uh, Cejudo we haven't seen since UFC 249 when he beat Dominic Cruz. Um, uh, Aldo, uh, Aljo is coming off eight straight victories, uh, last beating TJ Dillison to see 280, uh, his second title defense. Oh, man, so excited. Looking forward so much to see that. Um, I heard that uh, Kamzat Chemaev is eyeing a return in June or July, so just a little bit after the USC 288, maybe 289, 90. Um, uh, rumors that it's either going to be Robert Whitaker or Colby Covington. Exciting news there. Uh, Yuri Perhachka uh, gave up his belt in the light heavyweight division after he's got a massive shoulder injury. Uh, Jamal Hill is the new champion of that division, and um, we understand that uh, Perhachka and Jamal Hill will be the next fight. They're eyeing it this summer. Uh, that should be awesome. Um, boxing news. Um, I mentioned last week that I heard that it was finalized between Francis Ngannou, um, who I just mentioned as the former UFC heavyweight champion, will be fighting Tyson Fury. Well, now suddenly I hear that uh, he's agreed to fight Deontay Wilder. So I'm not sure where it stands. I don't know if all the I's have been dotted and T's crossed and what's happened. But um, yeah, we'll, we're going to get to see Francis Ngannou against one of these two massive behemoths. And um, yeah, can't wait. Don't know why uh, both fights have been announced as as confirmed and done, but uh, we're going to see one of them soon. Uh, also, boxing news, uh, the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, BKFC, uh, had the debut of Greg Hardy this past weekend, and he got knocked the F out. He got just rocked by John Watson. Uh, second round laid out Greg Hardy. Um might be better for Greg Hardy to try to get the XFL going, maybe. Um, USFL, um, something else, because 
Um, he's been taking some vicious, nasty knockouts lately, and that's never good for your long-term health and, and your brain going forward. I'm a little worried about, about uh, Greg Hardy, and um, it was, uh, yeah, a rough KO. Uh, yeah, you can find it online. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I guess finally, I do want to mention um, a a legend in the world of NBA and the NFL. Uh, Red McCombs passed away yesterday at the age of 95. Former owner of two NBA teams and an NFL team. Uh, this is a guy that owned like more than 400 businesses. Uh, really big with his money and um, loved sports. Um, he bought the San Antonio Spurs and owned them for a few years and then sold them uh, and just got the bought the Denver Nuggets, had them for a few years, sold them, bought the Spurs again, uh, owned the Spurs twice, and was the owner of the um, Minnesota Vikings in the NFL as well. So, uh, yeah, he loved sports, uh, was really able to continue those franchises in those cities and uh, really help. Um, they have the, the two leagues, uh, prosper and um yeah he is he will be very missed by uh, many in the sporting world uh survived by his three daughters eight grandchildren and 11 great grandchildren um 95 uh, a very well lived life and um yeah we'll uh, say a sayonara to red mccombs uh good luck up there in the sports heaven and um, hopefully you get to attend a ton of games up there Anyway, I guess, um, yeah, I'm going to end it. Uh, that was a solo podcast. I haven't done one in a while. Um, I think the last one I did was when Jason was on the shelf, I think, from his uh, car accident, maybe. Um, but, um, yeah, I think we're going to pull one off tomorrow night. And, um, yeah, I hope, uh, yeah, uh, you'll enjoy this one and enjoy that one. And uh, I appreciate the support, as always. Um, let's. Uh, I'm going to be able to get you some... Um, uh, complete media network, complete sports media. There's uh, can be some swag on the site. You can purchase shirts and hoodies and different things like that. Um, yeah, I, I love uh, our I love our logo on these shirts and stuff. And and um, I remember, uh, as always, we want to thank our partners and sponsors. We love your support as always. I want to thank Anchor.fm, uh, easiest place to make a podcast. Phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. And um, I wouldn't go anywhere else if you're considering doing a podcast. I want to thank Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, an industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And the V350 stick is a stick that uh, you need to have if you're a hockey player. It is phenomenal. So light, so much uh, power, and it is just phenomenal to, to have. Uh, I want to thank Pampas Possibilities, uh, a really great company at um, creating some West Coast vibes and making some pretty things in your home. Spruce it up, make it look great. Uh, if you need them, don't hesitate. Give them a call and get them to help you out. And of course, Forever Living, uh, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products, really phenomenal. Uh, you can purchase their products on our website at discounted rates. And uh, I recommend many, many, many of them. I'm using them all over my house and uh, love them. So take care of yourself. 
Have a good week. I hope you had a really nice long weekend. Happy Family Day. Happy President's Day. And um, yeah, I guess I'll see you tomorrow night. Tune in and uh, take care. Love you. Bye for now.